Welcome to another session of the Global Supply Chain Week. I'm Eric Kulish, Supply Chain and Air Cargo Editor at Freightways. I'm joined by Brian Brandis, the Maritime Director at the Port of Oakland. They say if you've seen one port, you've seen one port. During the pandemic, interest in supply chain has gone mainstream. Most of the media attention has been on the ports of Los Angeles and Long Beach in Southern California. There are actually many other ports in the U.S. handling imports and exports for the economy, and they've also had to deal with the turmoil in ocean shipping and landside constraints that have made it difficult for shippers to get their goods to market. Um, one of them is the Port of Oakland up the California coast from Los Angeles and Long Beach. It has the distinction of being one of the largest gateways for U.S. farm exports. So I thought it would be good to get the perspective of this major port and how the logistics community in Oakland is managing through pandemic infrastructure and policy challenges. Brian, welcome to the event. Thank you. And good day. Good to have you. Thanks. Um, can you, let's start off, can you give us a quick sense of how Oakland fits into the container port ecosystem on the West Coast and, and the markets it serves? Yeah, absolutely. So Oakland uh, sits right in the middle of the uh, of the West Coast in Northern California, and it's um, it is the uh, it is smaller than LA, Long Beach, and, and uh, Northwest um, uh, Seaport Alliance, but uh, it serves a critical market uh, for Northern California and the uh, Rocky Mountain states. Um, right. Um, yesterday, the Peterson Institute uh, for Economics in Washington came out with a study showing uh, how devastating the Trump trade war against China was and the condition that, uh, you know, China purchased 200 billion in um, U.S. exports never really materialized. And China didn't even come close because of the pandemic and poor, um, you know, the poor structure of the deal. How did the tariff war, you know, before we even hit the pandemic, how did the tariff battle and China's retaliation impact Oakland's export volumes in like, 2018, 2019, I guess. Yeah, so in 2018-2019, uh, it really did not impact, uh, um, you know, Oakland as severely as we thought it uh, would. You know, there was other commodities that um, that continued to to backfill. And, you know, the, the demand in uh, China for U.S. Uh, agricultural exports uh, continues to increase, uh, as well as, um, you know, uh, into Japan and, and Korea and into the South and Southeast Asia. So we really did not see the drop that uh, that we would have anticipated in those earlier years. Good. So then, yeah, so, but then the pandemic hit and that uh, disrupted trade uh, and the global economy with, you know, manufacturing production shutting down in Asia and then the U.S. and then, you know, the changing consumer buying habits and, and the incredible demand for material goods as we've seen in, in e-commerce. Um and so, you know, we've seen all the ships backed up outside of L.A. Long Beach and, you know, just that heightened focus on the congested terminals and, and, and you know, warehouses that are stuffed and lack of truck drivers. So the whole chain's been stretched. Um, you know, how is that, um, you know, how has Oakland seen that impact? How have the effects been up there? And especially what have been the downstream effects on, on exporters, especially the Ag exports who use the port so much. Yeah, so historically, you know, the the services call LA Long Beach first, and then uh, make their second port of call to Oakland, which is really what uh, drove uh, the importance of Oakland's uh, export, um, you know, export demand and the importance of ex of Oakland. 
And uh, this last year, we saw several services um, being pulled away from Oakland. And those services just immediately turned around uh, once they're worked in LA, Long Beach, right back to uh, to Asia. So uh, it, it has impacted uh, the our, our uh, exports out of Oakland. <clears throat> Last year we saw an eight percent drop, uh, which uh, you know is a significant impact. Historically, Oakland has been a fifty fifty port, which means our uh, we have fifty percent imports and fifty uh, percent exports. Uh, there are some empties in there, but uh, it. Um, you know, it's a the exports are critical to you know to our port, and uh, you know with an eight percent drop, you know it's uh, it's important to try to come you know and, and look for solutions uh, to regain that um, that market. So, um, have you had any of the? But your import volumes were also up, or you had record imports. Uh, talk about that, and did and have you had any you know ship backups? Um, you know, at least on a lesser scale than uh, LA Long Beach. Yeah, so it's you know now it's, it seems crazy. Right now we're going back and talking almost two years ago with with COVID, but uh, you know at, at the beginning we saw a uh, you know a, a surge in volume, and Oakland wasn't really uh, <clears throat> didn't have the labor force and the trained labor force you know to handle the first volume surge at the end of 2020 and early 2021. Uh, so you know the PMA, the LW uh, <clears throat> got together and uh, developed a not only a, a hiring plan but a training plan. And uh, they increased the workforce by uh, 25%. They uh, trained a significant number of employees on skilled uh, positions to handle the, the container handling equipment. Uh, so it, uh, it really puts uh, Oakland in, in a uh, better position to, um, you know, to handle the increased volume. Then at the same, then shortly after, some of the services uh, were, uh, were pulled back, as I mentioned, uh, from the lines. And now we're starting to see those services uh, return not to the full, um, not full restoration, but we have seen a number of the services return, and um, you know the, um, the the volume is uh, the volume is slowly picking up. Uh, Oakland, uh, right now we've got about uh, ten vessels waiting in queue, uh, but um, the PMA has come up with a, a new process so that uh, we're not seeing all those vessels uh, in the bay like we had in the past. So the PMA, the Pacific. Uh, Maritime Association, the uh, the the collective group for the marine terminals, and the ILW International uh, Longshore and Warehouse uh, Union uh, representing the do the dock workers. So uh, the labor force is, is uh, increased, as you said. What about the what about the actual impact of COVID on the labor supply and you know enable and the ability to man shifts? How how have the terminals, the port, and uh, the ILWU been able, you know, how much have sick outs have there been, especially now with Omicron, and how have they been able to juggle, and, and, and how has the, you know, the COVID outbreaks and, and just quarantining or isolation affected, uh, you know, workflow? Yeah, yeah, so from, from day one, when it, uh, when it was started, you know, I really have to give the, you know, the PMA, the ILWU, and the Marine Terminal Operators a lot of credit. You know, they uh, they gathered and put together, you know, uh, plans to, you know, not only uh, ensure there's correct separation for all the employees, but ensure that all the work areas, including the equipment, was properly cleaned in between uh, in between shifts. And uh, they didn't miss a beat. I mean, they provided continuous operations uh, from the beginning of COVID to, to, to today. So we have we have uh, seen, you know, <clears throat> you know, moderate um you know, moderate, uh, you know, um, 
um, Omicron issues and, and COVID issues, but uh, it's uh, nothing severe and, and nothing to impact uh, the, uh, the the uh, the labor force. So uh, again, we've um, we, we've been lucky, and uh, you know I owe it. Um, you know, I owe a lot of credit to the PMA and the LWU for really working together on this. How were you? How were you able to get those carriers to return? I, I know there has been some discussions, you know, between the port. Um, I don't know about the White House being involved, but you know, the port, the some of the agriculture shippers uh, or representatives for them. You know, did, was that instrumental, or was it just a business decision by the carriers to? You know, it was time to bring back some of those services. Yeah, no, it's it's twofold. So you know, it's uh, with all this you know, supply chain congestion and and, uh, and just volume surge. You know, all of the conversation has been around, and all the attention has been around the importers, and the exporters have really been uh, neglected. So at the end of this last year, we've uh, held a few meetings with the exporters. And this is led by John Picari and the Port Envoy team, along with. Uh, with the USDA and uh, California GoBiz and transportation representatives, and you know, two issues really rose to the to the top, and that was, uh, you know, not having enough empties, um, you know, locally to be able to to source, you know, for their exports, uh, and then you know the services uh, provided by the lines. So we agreed as a, um, you know, uh, as an output from these meetings to uh, develop an a uh, an off dock. Empty yard, which is this pop-up yard that uh, that we are starting uh, March first. The, uh, the the second initiative was to again uh, vessel restoration, and that's an ongoing discussion uh, held at every level. The uh, the most uh, you know valuable you know uh, stakeholder to to really drive that is the the uh, the exporter uh, themselves, which you know they are you know talking to the to the lines. The lines are you know recognizing the need and. Um, they are, as, as, as you said, slowly returning the, uh, the vessels. But, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the government officials have been instrumental in helping us uh, as well. So it's really been a team effort uh, across all levels to, to try to res restore the services in Oakland. Is, the, is one solution, you know, historically the exports uh, have been, you know, almost uh, barely break even or, or, you know, the rates to Asia have been, you know, extremely low. You know, maybe that's one reason that the carriers go sometimes skip the port or just uh, or, or don't send the containers inland uh, because uh, the import rates are much higher. Is this one of the solutions or could exporters get more service if they agree to, to higher, you know, to, to higher rates to a certain extent? Yes, and they, they are, you know, they are being asked and, uh, to pay higher rates and, and, you know, they are paying higher rates, but uh, it's a, uh, there's still, and, and there most likely always will be a significant, you know, imbalance between the import rate uh, and the export rate, but uh, they are paying a, a higher rate now. And um, uh, in this pop-up yard will also, uh, <clears throat> you know, driven by the USDA, it's, it's also going to offer the exporters a, uh, an incentive to use this uh, export pop-up yard. The uh, USDA is committed to provide $125 for each one of the uh, empty containers sourced out of this yard for agricultural commodities, which, you know, it's a, it, it's a, uh, definitely providing an, an assistance, and that that goes directly to the uh, to the uh, you know, beneficial cargo owner uh, of record uh, for the exporter. So, is the is the container 
the lack of availability of containers somewhat different in Oakland than in LA Long Beach where people can't get them because the you know the ports are clogged so everyone the warehouses are just sitting on chassis and containers um, because their warehouses are full or they can't return them to the port so they just keep them there and basically they're you know kind of uh, kind of hostage until uh, you know you can return them many days later you know is that kind of a different issue in Oakland where there's just fewer physical boxes because you know the ocean shipping lines are, are kind of handling the situation differently or moving stuff back to Asia quicker and you know just kind of go into a little more detail yeah. about just how the how the exporters are impacted by this dynamic yeah yeah so the uh, you know this um, this yard it, it was you know uh, you know came up for meetings to talk about exporters but uh, it, it's clearly going to help the importers as well the import you know drives the export because you know the the export needs that empty uh, that comes in from the import so uh, by pulling these empties off of the, um, you know, out of the terminals, it's really going to relieve congestion in the terminals and it will allow the export trucking companies, you know, to come into a singular uh, place and source all the lines uh, empties without appointments. And it really just al uh, allows a, a better opportunity, you know, to, to, uh, to go to a place that doesn't have congestion and, uh, and pick up an empty. It's not that there weren't empties at the terminals that the exporters couldn't pick up. They were, it just, uh, this is simplifying the process and really allowing the, uh, the terminals to focus on uh, the imports uh, and, uh, and driving the imports through the facility and then receiving the exports and ensuring that all the exports get loaded on the vessel. Right. And, and I guess part of the issue longstanding is that sometimes, the, even if there are containers in the area, sometimes the ocean carriers don't want them sending them wet far inland that, you know, they do flip it for an export they they want it kind of locally so they can get it back on the vessel quickly correct yeah no that's correct the uh you know the the lines you know want the containers moving so they, the lines want the containers full and, and then move and they're moving just like their ships so you know the uh the, the longer they dwell anywhere at, at any point in the system uh it's um you know creates congestion and creates problems for the, uh, for the long does that mean there's more transloading going on like our shippers having to get their goods by rail or otherwise to Oakland rather than getting a box in, you know, Kansas or, or, you know, Nebraska. Now they have to get their stuff there and then get it into an ocean container. Yeah. So both on the import and export side, uh, transload, uh, you know, demand has increased, you know, closer to the port so that the containers, excuse me, so the containers are not moving inland uh, at the same rate as they were before. You're correct. Um, you mentioned you mentioned the queuing or some vessels offshore. Um, I think so. I think Oakland instituted a, a vessel queuing system or appointment system to get in a berth, kind of similar to what's uh, down in Southern California now, so that you know the vessels aren't you know creating a hazard or pollution, you know, just idling offshore or, or rushing to get across the Pacific to wait for a berth uh, for a long time. Can, can you go into detail a little bit about what that what the queuing process uh, is now that's set up in Oakland and what the benefits are? Yeah, so this started um, in uh, in January, as you mentioned. It's the, it was the uh, PMA and the Marine Exchange that um, they started this. And, and think about it. Think about it as if they, uh, if you're going to a restaurant that doesn't take reservations, everyone you know rushes to the restaurant, puts their name in, and then all waits or, you know waits for a uh, for a table. So that, that's what was happening with the vessels. All the vessels would race across the uh, the ocean 
And, uh, you know, uh, once they got to the bay, they put their you know, name on a list and, uh, and then waited for a, uh, an available berth. Well, now uh, you're able to put your name on the list the minute you leave um, your last port of call. That, that way you can take a slower route across the ocean. And uh, it, the, the two benefits are really it relieves congestion in the bay. And the biggest uh, benefit is that it, it reduces emissions uh, in the bay. Because as the, the vessels are sitting there idle, uh, they're off of their main engines, but they do have uh, generators, you know, to keep, you know, the refrigerated, um, you know, uh, containers on board, uh, you know, running as well as just the general utilities on the vessel. So it's uh, it, it's created definitely, uh, you know, two benefits and it's uh, well received by all the industry stakeholders. Um, great. We've got a few more minutes. Let me ask you, let me squeeze in a few more questions here. Uh, let's talk about infrastructure. The uh, Congress recently passed a uh, $1 trillion plus uh, Build Back Better infrastructure bill. How much money is the port being allocated, uh, we're expecting, and, and what projects will it support? Yeah, so we're looking at two different revenue streams, and this is uh, this, this is exciting. You know, I mean, it's uh, like no time ever than before is, uh, you know, everyone focused on and, you know, uh, very aware of, you know, how critical the supply chain is to their daily lives. So, you know, we are anticipating I don't know. I can't share an exact dollar figure, but we're anticipating, you know, getting money from both the, um, you know, the, the federal government, uh, as you mentioned, as well as the state of California. They have a, a surplus and have announced, you know, half a billion, um, half a trillion um, to, uh, to uh, you know, to the um, uh, supply chain efforts as well. So, you know, we're looking and it's very exciting. Uh, the projects that we're looking that we'd be looking at is uh, to Stand up a new container port uh, that's in a facility that's approximately 120 acres now. Uh, we're also looking at um, improving some off-dock uh, transloading uh, facilities that are um, from uh, they're approaching you know over 50 years old now. Uh, and uh, and then also really uh, two other areas that are really you know critically important, and that's really you know clean power in our clean power grid, including uh, solar and fuel cells. Um, and then also um, visibility tools. So, you know, you've heard a lot about uh, visibility, but that's that's really going to be, that, that is critical really in in, uh, in helping all of our customers, you know, uh, look out into the future, see the entire, you know, uh, supply chain and really try to drive, you know, predictability uh, for, uh, for all the exporters and the importers, as well as all the, um, you know, supply chain providers, uh, just so they can see it. And, um, and the last one is uh, workforce development. So, you know, as um, you know, you mentioned earlier on, I mean, there's, there's a shortage of drivers, there's a shortage of, you know, uh, of, uh, of employees all throughout the, the uh, supply chain. And um, we really, as an industry and in the region of Oakland, we need to emphasize uh, workforce development. Um, another infrastructure project that's maybe not, uh, you know, Container related is uh, the Howard Street terminal. I think it's an idle terminal. It's not being used. The city wants to turn it into a baseball stadium for the Oakland A's. Uh, can you give us a quick update on, on where those discussions are, if that's going to come to fruition? And, and, and why is the port agreeing or why does the city want to turn industrial property to this? Can, can that be eventually become important terminal space or be used to, you know, be, you know, highly sought for, for container operations? Yeah, so the uh, the Port of Oakland it uh, it manages and operates the uh, the Oakland Airport. It also has a significant portfolio in commercial real estate. 
uh, in addition to the seaboard. So it does have, uh, you know, three different, um, you know, uh, <clears throat> three different, you know, uh, uh, revenue streams uh, in its portfolio. So it's uh, the uh, Port um, Board of Harbor Commissioners, um, you know, voted uh, to to approve looking at this uh, project uh, a few years back, and it's uh, it's still proceeding. Um, you know, it has a number of regulatory uh, approvals as well as the city has to approve it. Uh, it um, it's it's on track to come back to the uh, to the board, uh, the port board, uh, sometime later on at the end of this year. And if that project is a uh, you know gets approval throughout its way and then uh, and then approves uh, is approved by the board, uh, <clears throat> we have been meeting with the industry stakeholders and will continue to meet to to ensure that uh, you know if this project goes forward that it will not impact uh, the maritime activities and the maritime will continue to be able to thrive in Oakland. Um, let me just, uh, so one last thing, uh, 2022, what, uh, what kind of supply chain challenges do you foresee for this year or going into the future? And how do you, you know, kind of, uh, how do you handicap the 2022 uh, season, uh, you know, volume wise and just, uh, you know, as a, as a, as a business year? Yeah, no, I, I think this is it. I think we are, you know, I, I do not see the industry, you know, retreating in, in volumes. I think with all the infrastructure spending and, and uh, I, I, I think this is it. I think we need to, you know, adjust. And, and as I mentioned, with all the visibility and infrastructure spending, um, this is an absolute, you know, uh, great opportunity to really improve our system. And uh, so the, the Port of Oakland, uh, as I mentioned, we will be, you know, 100% focused on our future on, you know, physical investment, visibility investment, uh, you know, clean energy, and really the drive towards uh, zero emissions across the board on all of our equipment, uh, on the vessels, um, you know, calling the Port of Oakland. Uh, and then the last thing, as I mentioned, the workforce development. But your, but your forecasts for this year look like, you know, pretty strong volumes strong. Uh, close to last year or maybe stronger. Yeah, no, we're anticipating stronger than last year. So we took a, a dip. Um, our imports were strong. We took a, a dip in, in exports. We anticipate recovering and growing on, on both imports and exports. Great. Well, Brian, hey, thanks so much for joining us here at FreightWaves on Global Supply Chain Week. I really enjoyed getting your insights uh, about the port, learned a lot, uh, continued uh, good luck um, developing the, the pop-up yard and all those other plans, and we'll talk soon. Great. Thank you. I appreciate it, Eric.